0: Hey, and welcome to the Grit and Grace podcast. I am your host, Tanya Bruton, and I'm so glad you're here listening today. I pray in the precious name of Jesus that this episode finds you well. However, if you are in any need, I pray God sees those needs for you and pray that this broadcast encourages you in some way. Amen. I want to say thank you to a few special people before we begin this episode. These people have supported me from day one and I just felt like giving a little shout out and that's going to be April Reeves. April Reeves, if you're listening, which I know you will be, you are my number one fan. I appreciate all your comments, all your likes, but especially all your comments. I especially appreciate you listening. Vicki Graham, Carol Bruton, Susan Mixon, Cassie Crow, Ashley Meats, Sandy Weimer, Alicia Nix, and more. For all your consistent Encouragement, engagement, listening, sharing, support, and more across several platforms, including the Grit and Grace Podcast Facebook page, uh, the Grit and Grace Podcast YouTube channel, TikTok channel, and Spotify, and even Instagram. Thank you so much for your continued support. I appreciate all of you. And thank you for sticking with me. Speaking of, this is our 31st episode together. I'm amazed and thank God for bringing us this far together. I thought I'd just take a minute briefly before we begin and mention some of my top favorite past episodes you should check out if you missed them, would like a second listen or are a new listener. So if you go over to uh, my YouTube channel and that and to find that you just put the at sign Um, if you want to search in YouTube, you just put the at sign, Grit and Grace spelled out. So it's grit, A-N-D, Grace dash or hyphen podcast. So that's the at sign, Grit and Grace hyphen podcast. Or you can go to my Spotify channel, Grit and Grace podcast. I'm on Apple, Apple Podcasts, Amazon podcast, Google podcast. And um, and so scroll over to some of the older episodes. And I think this was episode number two, entitled Recovery with Charlie Rogers. One, like I said, my early episodes, one of my favorite episodes Charlie was set free from methamphetamine addiction, and she t- gives her testimony. It's very powerful. The one entitled The Trauma Addiction Connection with David Knox was a very, very, very powerful episode. Teen Talk with Benjamin Bruton. That was the first time Benjamin was a guest on my show. If you missed it, I highly recommend it. He took an hour and gave his personal testimony of how he lives his life as a Christian and a teenager in today's world there's another episode, I think it was episode number four, called Marriage Restoration Anniversary Special. Uh, Joshua Bruton, my husband, and Michael McInerney, our pastor, were both on the show. And uh, we gave our testimony of how God uh, saved our marriage. We've been married now for 22 and a half years, going on 23 years, bless God. And we came on the show and we talked about the ups and downs and the rocky parts, good parts, good, bad, and ugly of our marriage, how we almost went through a divorce. We had the papers filed and everything, Um, but God saved our marriage. Also, episode five called, um actually, I'm sorry, it was episode nine. Anyways, forget the numbers. The titles will get you there. Freedom Through Forgiveness with Vicki Graham. Vicki came on and shared a very, very powerful moving testimony. I think I cried during that one of how... God set her free from the effects of the abuse she endured um, throughout her life and she, how she found freedom and forgiveness. So speaking on um, the numbers of these episodes, I I am 30 episodes in, but over since, uh, since I started, um, some of the episodes are not, some of the weaker episodes are not actually available on my channels. So that's why the numbers may be off. Um, Go to the one entitled Battling the Blues, uh, in which I do a Bible study uh, using just a few tips, tricks, and things from the Word of God about how I battle depression and anxiety. And then um, the one entitled When God Chooses Not to Heal with Carol Folks. I have my firstborn daughter who's had three organ transplants. Uh, Come on and talk about Share Her Faith, which is very powerful uh, in the midst of trials. And then Tonya Jarecki's recovery story was a recent one I did in September, in which, you know, September is National Recovery Month in the U.S. And Tonya just, she uh, was, is a recovering alcoholic and she gave a moving testimony. I was very moved. I I had trouble talking. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to those episodes, I highly recommend them. I'm very proud of those episodes and all the episodes I've done so far, And honor, and all the honored guests that I've had on the show over this time. I'm very blessed in the Lord for all he's done with the podcast. All right. So now let's get into today's topic. So, the title of this episode is called The Phenomenon of Craving and the Woman at the Well. So, basically, a Bible study or a topical study on craving and basically the living water that Jesus provides for us. So, what is a craving? This is something we can really all identify with. Craving is a, it's a noun. It's a deep desire or wanting or a longing for someone or something. And we have all experienced craving or longing for something, whether it be cake or a lover or like me, a drug. But God desires that we desire and long for him. Now, what is the phenomenon of craving? Now I can read this from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is where we get the term. But and then I'll kind of explain what he means by this. So, in the doctor's opinion, the it's a chapter titled "The Doctor's Opinion." I believe this is page twenty-eight. It's the Roman numerals in the book of Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. He states. We believe and so suggested a few years ago that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy. Now, remember when he says that here, allergy, you know, and I go on that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol, and I would add, or drugs in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly astonishingly difficult to solve. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. The, The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. And then I'm going to skip over and say here, read here. This is repeated over and over unless this person can experience an entire psychic change. There's very little hope of his recovery. And then he goes on down here to say on the page 29, bottom of page 29. I do not hold with those who believe that alcoholism is entirely a problem of mental control. These men were not drinking to escape. They were drinking to overcome a craving beyond their mental control. a craving beyond their mental control. So a craving is a is a deep desire or a wanting or a longing for someone or something. We all have such cravings. The phenomenon of craving is unique. Well, it's not necessarily unique too, but uh somewhat unique to the idea of recovery. Because what what he's talking about is we have an allergy in which case say it, a craving begins with an obsession. An obsession to use or drink to change the way you feel. And uh, uh, and, and that could be shopping, gambling, the chocolate cake, eating, overeating. Um, it can even be exercising. But you obsess over some someone or something that's going to make you change the way you feel because you feel somewhat unsatisfied, somewhat restless, irritable, or discontent with the normality of your life. You feel an emptiness, perhaps. So you obsess and then you crave. Well, the phenomenon of craving sets in once you feed it. Okay. So if you're allergic to strawberries or peanuts and then you eat them, you're going to break out most likely in a rash or your throat will swell. If you're allergic to drugs and alcohol, you ingest them into your body, it triggers an allergy, and the phenomenon of craving is now set off. And it's a craving like i'm like i mentioned here and read it says here uh, they were drinking to be to overcome a craving beyond their mental control so once you feed it your allergy is triggered and you you do nothing but want more and more and more and more and more it's an insatiable desire it's the phenomenon of craving is an insatiable desire you've got craving that can, that can occur But and and nothing will come of it until you feed it. When you feed it, it turns into the phenomenon craving, an unsatiable desire that cannot be filled, that cannot be controlled, that cannot be satisfied with what you're doing, which is strange. It's very, very strange feeling. Um, But it's, that's the thing is things of this world don't last. I don't care if it's marijuana. I don't care if it's methamphetamine. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's just um, sports, what it is, those thrills, um, those endorphin boosters that those things give us do not last. And we have to either repeat the action or um, re, you know, take in the drug, the chemical, the substance, whatever to keep getting any sort of joy or excitement from it. Now, on the other hand, we discover in the fourth chapter of John, Jesus Jesus has a remedy. God has a remedy for unsatiable desire. And Jesus described it as living water in the fourth chapter of the book of John. Now, I normally, as you know, I read out of the King James Version all the time, mainly but for memorization purposes. But today for an easier reading, I'm going to be reading to you from the New Living Translation. And this is a long read, so please bear with me. This is the longest read I'm going to have for today. Though. So beginning in the very beginning, in uh, the first verse, of chapter 4, if you want to follow along. Again, New Living Translation, John 4, 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sichar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a, Samaritan woman gave to, I'm sorry, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said. All my pages are stuck. (laughs) She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And here we go. Verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew. The gift God has for you. And who you are speaking to you would ask me and I would give you living water. <laughs> Let's re- let me repeat that. And let me just say this to you, like I'm saying, reading it directly to you. Listeners, if you only knew the gift God has for you, huh, you would, God, Jesus would give you living water. All right, verse 11. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep where would you get this living water, this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Okay, so she's getting here. She's getting to the nitty gritty. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Now see, there's my point. There's my point. If I was to go... So right now I don't have the phenomenon of craving set off in me because I haven't used or abused or drank or whatever. But if I did, Lord forbid, um, the first thing I would be doing right now is looking for more. Okay. But like Jesus said here, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. (laughs) Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. So the story goes on, and a lot of us are familiar with this story. But what I want to focus on is this water, this living water that, that Jesus provides for us, in which case we will never have to thirst again. Now, the water, the living water in the Bible, from what I understand, represents the Holy Spirit living in us and represents salvation. But what comes along with the gift of the Holy Spirit and the salvation he brings? But peace that passes understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory and love, right? Satisfaction, a fulfillment of love. Let's look at, two. at, let's turn over to John chapter 7, and let's begin at verse 37. And again, I'm still in the New Living Translation. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So, but Jesus has by this point, by now days, you know, in current present day in our day and time, Jesus has ascended and we have the gift of the spirit. Um, let me let me point out a couple of other verses relative to this. So in Revelations 21 and 6, this is the English Standard Version, I think, ESV. Um, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And he says here... I love this one. This is Isaiah 12 and 3 ESV. With joy, you will draw from the wells of, you will draw water. Let me start over. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Revelations 22, 17 ESV. The spirit and the bride say, come and let the one who hears say, come and let the one who is thirsty Come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price. So here's another one. Isaiah 58 11 and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Now, this is so good. God's word is so good. He will satisfy your desire in scorched places. To me, those scorched places are when I am restless, irritable, discontent. I don't feel God's peace. Although I have his, his Holy Spirit indwelling in me, sometimes I don't feel him anywhere in me, near me or around me. And I feel completely, like I said, just irritated, discontent, not satisfied. That's a scorched place to me. So let me start that over Isaiah 58, 11, and the Lord will guide you continually so he's gonna order my steps according to his word, and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters do not fail. So yeah. <laughs> That's really good. And there's more and there's more and there's more and there's more. Um But the one I really wanted to focus on here, too, is Isaiah 12 and 3. I read it a second ago. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So ultimately, to wrap this up, what essentially I'm saying here is when you notice yourself starting to obsess or crave for something that isn't God, isn't of God, or just isn't God, You have to draw from the wells of salvation. So even though his spirit is living inside of you and dwelling in you, and it's a very, the Holy spirit, Holy spirit is so powerful. Uh, He was part, he took part in creation of the entire universe. So, but you have to draw from your well. Okay. You have to, just like you have a, faucet in your kitchen sink that will give you an endless amount of tap water it's not going to do so of its own free will you have to it's there for you for the taking but you have to go and i know that's a simple and i hate those sometimes simple comparisons but let's not complicate the gospel let's not complicate the word of god um it's very it's a very pertinent and relevant comparison. So you need to go and you need to turn on your faucet and you need to draw yourself from the wells of salvation. Now I don't mean going to quote church unquote. Okay. Um, Church. Now you're going to get a lot of uh, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You're going to get a lot of pastors, preachers, evangelists, whatever, who say um, to you, you know, (laughs) You go through all the week and your tank is emptied and then you need to come to church and get refilled. Okay, this is not the case. For one, the Holy Spirit that's within you does not deplete of his natural resources. He's never depleted. He never runs dry. All right, this living water, this well of living water that springs up within you, this Holy Spirit in you is never diminished in power or capacity whatsoever in any way, shape or form. So he never needs to be filled. Thus, you never need to be refilled. You just have to draw from it. It's already full. You have to draw from it. And you have to do it, not a preacher doing it for you. It doesn't say that you go to someone else and draw from someone else's well. You draw from your well. You do it. Okay church, unquote, you know, quote, church is for, and I'm not against it. I'm going to be there tonight. I've got, we got a ladies meeting tonight, but quote, church, like people tend to think what church is. Church is the body of Christ. And I've said this on here before. Church is the bride of Christ. Church is a living, breathing organism. And it's one, there's only one church. There's only one. I'm sorry to tell you, there's only one. Now, but the, I the act of going to church, quote, to church, um, that's for fellowshipping with other believers. The only scripture in the Bible that mentions it in Hebrews. Don't forsake the assembling of, of yourselves together. We assemble together to get strength and encouragement from one another and to encourage each other. It's not about getting filled. You don't empty, so you don't need to be filled. What you need to learn to do is learn to draw from the well that's already there and that's already full. Draw from it living waters. Not things like, let me go to a verse real quick. Let me go to a verse real quick because I passed this one up. All right. So Jeremiah 2, 13 ESV. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So that reminds me of myself. That reminds me of myself. Um, in which case I I had forsook the Lord at one point in time, and he is the fountain of living waters. And I hewed out cisterns for myself. In other words, I, the drugs and alcohol I was using or whatever, um, were cisterns that I drew out for myself. So in other words, I said, I'm going to get my satisfaction and I'm going to get my pleasure from these things. And <sighs> It said right here in the word of God that those are broken cisterns and they can't even hold water. They're not even going to satisfy me. I'm going to end up thirsting again. So, so instead I need to go to the living water, Jesus, the Holy spirit living inside of me and draw from that. Now, what does that look like? What does that look like? It's really simple. It's really, really simple. But one of the hardest things for human carnal flesh to do and it's pray it's pray it's pray it's a simple verbal transaction between you and the lord i hate to use the word transaction it's a verbal hmm, interaction <laughs> between you and the lord and what you just go to him you don't even have to go to him he's already there with you in which you're in your house you're at your place of business or whatever and you're feeling restless irritable discontent unsatisfied longing for something and you need to say, Lord, what I long for is you. What I need is you. What I require and need to fill my soul is your peace that passes understanding, your joy that's unspeakable, and your love that overflows. I need to feel that. I need to feel that in my heart. Please let me feel all that you have for me. Let me know the realness of all that you have for me so that I don't desire worldly things that cannot satisfy. That's it. That's it. That's all you have to do to draw from the wells of salvation, to draw from that living water, water well that is available to you in which you will never thirst again. Now give us this day, our daily bread. You're going to have to ask him for that sometimes every day, sometimes more than once a day. Um, before it becomes a practice, before it becomes a habit, before you, I mean, I don't know. I myself noticed changes really right away, really wide, right away. Um, I became more satisfied, more at peace, more at rest with the Lord when I started learning how to myself draw from the wells of salvation. So I hope this made some sense. I hope that um, I hope that you'll take this and just use this as a launching pad to go out and study the word even further for yourself. Study about the living water. Study about the power of the Holy Spirit, but like just do a study on living water. And how to draw from that? Ask the Lord to, to show you and teach you. You know, it's, the Bible says we have an anointing from the Holy One to teach us all things. Y'all don't need me to teach you. You don't need a preacher to teach you. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you if you've been converted and born again and translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, to the kingdom of His dear Son. Then you don't need anyone to teach you but the Holy Spirit Himself. So ask Him to teach you. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging anyway, please reach out to me and let me know in some way, reach out to me on one of the channels that I mentioned earlier and let me know if this episode helped or encouraged you at all. And if so, also share it with a friend. And if there's any way that I can improve on some of these episodes in which I have guests or some, which I do myself, just let me know, send me a word of encouragement and let me know how I could do things differently. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email me at grit ministries at gmail.com. Hit me up on the Facebook page, Grit and Grace Podcast Facebook page, and let me know you'd like to be a guest. But for now, this is Tanya Bruton signing out. I'm so glad that you've been with me and listened today. Thank you so much. I pray the Lord continues to bless you for the rest of this week and that you'll tune in again next week on the Grit and Grace Podcast. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen and bye-bye.